Uh, right, we're going to just dive straight into this then. Um, so this is episode is 19, is it, Pete? Is this 19? Yep. It is episode 19, yeah. Um, I mean, this is something that we've been talking about doing for a while, uh, thinking about right from the start, and we've had a lot of comments from people as well um, along the time this podcast has been going, uh, saying, why don't you have the lads on? Um, and obviously, that's something we were always intending to do. So that's what we've done today. Everyone's on, and we're going to be playing the album, sort of talking a bit about that, the debut album, of course. Um, talking a bit about that and uh, you know just all sorts of stuff basically pete's got a list as long as long as his arm in terms of questions that he wants to ask we've had uh, a lot of questions from fans as well and stuff like that but yeah man really excited about it i think everyone's uh, really pleased to be here i think it's going to be a lot of fun but pete uh, is there anything you wanted to oh actually hello pete how are you doing sorry i've done it again <laughs> Man, what a what a zoom picture this is! Seeing the entire group in one shot, yeah, that's uh, this is pretty cool. I'm looking forward to this. So yeah, I'm really pleased, obviously, to have everyone on. It's it's really good. Uh, we've had everyone on individually, but to have everyone on at the same time, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun for Pete to try and edit, um, but we'll roll with it anyway. So Pete. Uh, what do you want the format to be then? How are we going to do this? Because you're the technician behind this stuff. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we're going to review the first album. Uh, I've got all the tracks here, and uh, I've got questions. A couple of fans also sent some questions in, but uh, I thought we'd just go straight from the beginning. You know, We'll start with the dance, and uh, I know that we've talked a lot about the different songs on previous episodes, but I think it would be cool to even share, even if you've already mentioned those uh, memories, to you know bring them back in, You know, because we want to basically collect all that into one episode. So any thoughts you have on, on each of these songs, feel free to, to just add them in, right? We should basically as well get everyone to say hello as well, shouldn't we? So yeah, Rob, you if you want to say, say hello, say a few words. Hey, I'm Robert. Um, I sing. And I uh, just want to say thank you to Adam and Pete for having us on. Uh, it's a pleasure and I'm um, looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm Phil and I play drums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really nice to be on. We, we haven't actually spoken all together for quite a while. We've never done anything like this. Never really spoke about the first album. It's going to be nice and interesting. Yeah, man. Stu? Hello, I'm Stu and I play bass. How are we all doing? <laughs> <laughs> loving these intros. Absolutely loving yeah. it. Keep so, it yeah. simple. Yeah, well, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Keep it simple. When is the Die. last time you guys had an interview together? God. I mean, I, I literally can't remember the last interview we did as a band. I don't know if anyone else can. I, I, I mean, mean I, lot... I saw the Zane interview for MTV2, but I think I can't think of one since then. Yeah, when was that though? I mean, that will I think that were like 2003, wasn't it, or something yeah. like that. That thing, though. Yeah. yeah, that were really early doors. And then did me and you do a Channel Four thing, Rob? But like, well, like in like about 2008. But I, I mean, yeah. we've, we we haven't done anything like this, you know. Um, well, I mean, you know, I've never done it in this format. But being in the same room, even has only happened what three times since we sort of, you know, all since all this has happened, we've had three practices and. That's the thing. Well, when you're going down for a practice, it's mainly about getting all gear in, uh, getting everything set up, making sure it's all working, rather than I don't know, sort of chatting about anything like this. You know what I mean? Or, you know, other than sort of thinking, oh shit, which songs can we play? Or which songs can we even remember how to play? <laughs> yeah, for sure. You guys gonna play the price? <laughs> oh god. Well, that's it. The amount of questions we get, well, certainly I get like that now. I mean, you get like really desperate messages from people. I literally, <laughs> I, this one girl messaged me and say, I had a really bad dream last night that I, I went to the reunion show and you didn't play Let Love Be The Healer. Can you please promise them me that you're going to play that song? Yeah. Is it Phil, what you say? Yes, definitely not. <laughs> 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 I had one with the um, the guy who couldn't come to the initial date because it was on his wedding day. 
He changed it to the next year. Oh, and then boy. it happens to be on the same day as his, his, his changed date. So yeah. uh, he wasn't too happy with this. But it's a sign. He needs to find a different wife, I think. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, don't leave this in, but we'll sort him out. <laughs> oh, yeah, leave that in now. Sounded well said to that. It did, didn't it? I realised that when it came out. out. <laughs> don't mean in like a traditional northern way. Uh, I had that one guy. I had uh, a guy um, message me and say, "Oh, why is it on a Thursday?" Which I thought were a bit strange. But then his reasoning came out that because we were going to see Queen that night. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, "Oh God." <laughs> Oh dear, but you know, everyone's got priorities, haven't they? I suppose, but yeah. All right, you ready? Yeah, man. Yeah, just press play. Yeah, let's do it. So, you know, I think I've spoke a lot about this track. Um, it's certainly one of the first riffs I came up with um, with my new effects pedal in my bedroom. And it's one that took to practice, the very first practice, and we started jamming. And to be honest, I don't think it ever sounded any different to how it did that first time. You know what I mean? It was. Like what you're hearing now, I'm, from my memory, pretty much how we had it originally. Do you know what I mean? Other than some of the sort of dramatic stuff that happens at the end, you know, the post-production stuff or whatever. But the actual track itself, you know, it pretty much we wrote wrote it first time we played together, which always, you know, is um, an indication of how much magic I think we had fighting together. You know, even that first time. I think the only thing that I can remember that changed was Rob used to play bongos through a large section of this in the middle. <laughs> that got dropped, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely went through a bit of a bongo phase. Um, <laughs> I think this always felt like to me like it was um, uh, at the risk of sounding a little poetic. Um, like the first, it was almost like we'd waited all our lives for this and it just went, bah! you know what I mean? It felt like everybody just had this moment of just being able to go, ah! And um, felt super. Um, I remember just fe- feeling super free and special at the time, and just being like, "This feels fucking nice." <laughs> it's, almost, it's almost like a mission statement. It kind of felt like to me this one. You know what I mean? Because it's. I mean, even you know, we've always played this as a first song. Uh, well, other than sort of festivals, really, but certainly when it were our own gig, and um, I just think that this could be the first thing that some people ever hear by us. You know what I mean? I just think it's like, well, you know, what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? And especially when your vocal comes in, um, I don't know, I always just found it so ethereal, if you know what I mean. Um, really sort of just different, really different. Not not a melody that you'd expect to come out over this music. And you know what I mean? I mean, I, I think, I think it's special because I don't think any of us are trying to like be technical. I think it's just kind of like free, do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know about you, I was thinking technically, I was just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just sounded good, thankfully. <laughs> I never thought technical at all. <laughs> oh, I'm showing off. I'm definitely showing off. It was always like a, an announcement for me. I know, yeah. like, mission statement sounds probably a better way of putting it, but like, it always felt like us announcing each other to each other in that first practice. Mm. And then it became like the announcement of opening a gig how an album should open like it was always the opener yeah yeah felt like that because we were just kind of introducing each other to each other in that room 
I yeah. still remember so vividly the first time I heard this. Uh, I had already heard the main song that you guys came out with, Take the Long Road, uh, and that's what made me get the album. And when I heard this for the first time, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> It was such well, a. Just, it just really set the tone. It, it's a such a complete song. I mean, everything: the bass, the drums, the, the yeah. guitar, the singing. It's like such a full song. This was the first thing that they heard as well. One of this will have been the first song that they heard by us as well. Um, I, I really like that fact. Uh, but also, as well, funnily enough, someone messaged me on Twitter the other day and said, "Oh, do you know that bit on Dance where Rob's vocal starts to break up?" You know what I mean? It was just like, I've always wanted to know if that were intentional or if that were like just an accident. <laughs> if it were an accident, why would you leave it in? You know what I mean? On the record, you're making a record. It's like, I'll just leave that bit in. Either. It kind of like every single second is painstakingly thought through and yeah. worked on. It's, it's not yeah. really any mistakes on a record. No. No. I remember as well this. I remember because Phil, you've really started to introduce me to uh, a lot of dance music at a similar time to this. And I remember those kind of breakdowns that you do. Uh, for me, I, 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 I was been introduced to dance music as we were doing those things, as you were as you were do, as you were kind of conducting that. Yeah. So I, I I really bought into that at that time as well. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, isn't that why it's called the dance? Because it was like, yeah. oh, this is the song that's like dance music. And we're really lazy. Yeah, shite band name. Uh, that that note, well, Rob, that note you hit just before that break, oh my God. You know, I, I remember a listening party when we had this on and, you, and it got to that bit, I, was like, I don't remember him doing that. God, that must be one of the highest notes you've ever hit, that. Yeah, I, I never did that again. I, 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 honestly, blew my mind did that. Uh, um, a little mad square push a bit at the end as well. Well, yeah, but I like what Rob said there about you sort of being the conductor, do you know what I mean, and introducing us to dance music, because, you know, it was exactly the same for me. Um, you know, you showing me the left field and stuff like that further on, but even first time we're introduced to each other musically, it was just already sort of a dance music education, and um, I like that idea. I like that idea, but, I mean, it, I think it was you that said it, Phil, that, that track's just pure emotion, isn't it? I think from everyone, everyone's just trying to batter the instrument, I think. Yeah, that's pure youth rage coming out for a couple of us there. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Didn't yeah, it have well. a different name before the dance? Before you guys actually... Wasn't it? it did, well, yeah. yeah, it was where where Angels Play won it. Um, and that was actually... Well, I suppose we... I think it just got more regressive. I think that's how it transitioned over the years. I think... Because so there's a sponge demo of it, isn't there? There's like a sponge yeah. demo where... Like the drums are really loud and it's like, it, it sounds amazing. Do you know what I mean? Even though it's like proper old school, just in Sponge Studios, it's still got a really cool vibe. But I think when we sort of went to record it properly or, well, you know, we'll have been playing it live before we recorded it properly, but it, it just got more aggressive more than anything. And um, I don't know, maybe some of the Rob's vocals, he might have sort of pinned down a bit more in terms of structure, but I don't think it'll have changed that much, really. I mean, it's just a vibe, that song, and it? it's a jam. And to answer that guy's question anyway, at the end, with the, the, the sort of way the track breaks down, it's just it's just something interesting musically, isn't it? I mean, we had that guy working on the, um, what was his name, Barney, uh, a really a Pro Tools Wiz, and he was sort of doing some really cool stuff. And um, I think that were exciting us, wasn't it, when we were actually making the record, the the ability to do stuff like that and a lot of the stuff that happens in the tracks that we really like that you know three three or threes and stuff like that we we've always wanted to carry over live sorry i'm rambling here someone cut in 
Well, we did have a fan question that said uh, from Eric Armitage. He wanted to know, was there ever a consideration for a different song for the first song on the album? I doubt <laughs> it very much. I, I, yeah. yeah, I doubt it very much. I doubt, I, I, although we did, they were long conversations, I think. Um, and I were interested when I told someone about it and they were like, oh, well, I've never listened to an album start to finish. So am I sort of missing out on the percentage of what you're trying to say musically? And it's like, I don't know how to answer that really, other than saying you want, you know, certainly we wanted the record to feel like a journey, didn't we? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know sort of what kind of journey, but yeah, I don't, I don't think there'd have been many <laughs> other contenders for track one. It, they've always been the dance, I would have thought, definitely. Yeah, it yeah, makes we, sense. We definitely had discussions about the opener, the end, but also side one, side two of the vinyl and creating yeah. a journey. So that there's an end of side one and then a beginning of side two as well. I always felt quite fitting as well to be like, the music, the dance, always just seemed to fit quite hmm. nice for some reason that. Yeah. I yeah. Well, I, I it's, it's like true. if you're going to commit to it you may as well like Phil said it's called the dance because that were like the dance tune and then we called disco disco because that was the one that had the disco bit in um, you know we and jack tune as well jack tune because we had a, I mean we, you know, new we, instrumental new instrumental <laughs> the, the list the list would go on and on and on because all the names ever were were references for us so that when we are in practice room you're like should we play that song like which one well that disco one and then after two minutes you're like well it's called disco now isn't it quite clearly um <laughs> but yeah you know, i don't know man. that's part of, like rob says it's just simple isn't it you know the people but it's simple but you can't you know when you're actually taking the mental mentality of the tune you couldn't have a better title all right well this next one is uh, the first one i ever heard special song for me for sure because it's the first one i ever heard but it's uh take the long road and walk it love intro on this stew's bass Yep. Yep. Yeah, oh yeah. Still picture that effects board that you made. Yep. Yeah, that were uh, was in Zoom three thousand and B. I think I had that for years. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was a thing. cool. That was a cool little board. I, I, I abused the uh, effects on that pedal board a little bit and <laughs> shouldn't have done that thing. I think a lot of the uh, tunes that we managed to kind of put on record, I just had to get rid of that pedal and just go around as a normal bass sound. That'll do. <laughs> to be fair, Stu, this is where I think you shine heavily in this record, man. Like. This, this kind of, I think this is the first thing I think, I don't know about you guys, but I felt like it, it could be something that was bigger than us, if that makes yeah. sense. Absolutely. It like could cross over to a different audience uh, okay. without, you know, and it took me a while to realize that, but then, but I'll never ever forget that when it kicked in and that, that bass line shoot is just mm. outrageous, man. Yeah, don't, I have no idea. Don't ask me where it came from or what it's like. It just, like a lot of my stuff, it just falls out of me. I don't know it's where feeling the groove, isn't it? I don't, well, yeah, absolutely. It's feeling what Phil's doing and what you're doing and what, you know, basically what the melody that Rob's singing. It's just kind of fitting into that somehow. Yeah, man. I, I, I think it's the other way. I think I follow you on this one. Um, I do, like, I think I did a standard fall to the floor and then you came up with that and then I just do hi hat and snare to follow your rolling rhythm. Like, I think yeah. your bass makes this song. I think what's interesting as well, like Rob said, when we wrote the dance, it felt special and it felt really different. And I, I think that's what was really exciting about it. Do you know what I mean? It was almost like a badge of honour making a tune like that and not giving a shit. Do you know what I mean? Just like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's not a song, it's just a, a noise. But then, like Rob says, you get a tune like this and it's more like a, it's much more like a song. And I think, you know, certainly when Tim and everyone heard it, they all kind of felt the same way. But 
you know, a lot of what we did were unspoken and a lot of how exciting it was were unspoken. Do you know what I mean? That, you know, we'd stop playing this and start having a mundane conversation. Do you know what I mean? And it's that, I think that's one of the beautiful things about music is transitioning from reality to here. Do you know what I mean? And, you know. I think you touched on something the other week about uh, just making Rob dance and Rob dancing in the room. Like, that's really what was driving a lot of it. Like, his Rob dancing is good. Is it not? And it's not got the groove. Like, and that, in hindsight, was a big part of it. Yeah. I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about where this, where that lyric came from. And I still don't really know where it came from, but I was thinking about it the other day. And I, I, I guess it means like, um, sacrifice, commitment, um, not taking the shortcut, working hard <laughs> without really knowing what, what I were on about. Um, which I don't know if that me makes any sense. Really? Really? I think it means a lot to people, doesn't it? And I don't know if you heard the, Cra- um, the bit where we had Craig Nichols from The Vines, that little clip where he was talking about this track and, you know, he was saying, take the long road and walk it. It's, it's advice I've always tried to live my life by. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, it, it means whatever it means to people, but it's connecting with that sort of, that, that simple but tangible notion, I suppose. Who's the girl when you said she said she didn't know me? Um, forget her name. But I remember, memorable. I remember her reply, memorable, yeah. I remember her reply was, I don't know you, but you're sweet. So that was, that's where that came from. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually now I'm not so sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's interesting for me as well, some of, a lot of this, because there's quite a few of our songs where I still to this day don't know what you're singing, Rob. Do you know? <laughs> I had the yeah, same. We, we need a man. Totally same with that. <laughs> or what the songs are about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this it's just a groove, isn't it? It's just a groove. It's a simple groove. It just keeps going. Like I say, you've got to do with that roll thunder, and I'm just doing whatever over the top of it. And then that guitar at the end. <laughs> yeah, that everyone wants me to do live. You're just like, I, I really want you to do that. It's a <laughs> it's a, it's a totally Big different time. tuning. Do you know what I mean? It's like I'd have to have someone run out with a second guitar and have to lean over and play it. But then. like that, uh, the, the guitar if you do on the kind of tagline of the chorus, not really ridiculous. I mean, the riff's amazing, but like the that's yeah. like that's like it put that puts it in a completely different place for me. Like it t- it shifts the song into a different area for me, uh, like mood wise. I've all I've always loved that. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. and, and that, then the, that, the military the, the military drums on that too. Like when that's, <laughs> yeah. it's so cool. That's effectively me trying to uh, sort of following Phil's teaching there. Do you know what I mean? It's like if Phil's bringing it down, I'm like, all right, well, sort of how can I build up the suspense in the same way that Phil is doing it? Do you know what I mean? And even though it's just that. Um, that kind of one riff, it's just playing it more and more and more intense. And then once it kicks in, it's just about playing it so hard that the strings bend so much. Do you know what I mean? That that's where the <laughs> that's where the sort of drama from the guitar is, anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's not like um, just like chords or something like that. It's again the the end of the dance is all about emotion and, and how hard and how fast we can do stuff. And there's a that bit's the same for me when that kicks in and just playing that riff. You know, it's about that build, like, you know, like Phil says, building that tension and then releasing it. Um, 
and it just makes people want to dance and makes you want to dance rob and when you wanted to dance like that you always came up with killer hooks and stuff like that killer melodies um so that was always the goal but I've quite a vivid memory of that one because what's that little place called in Leeds? We only practiced there once and I think I've already had this conversation with oh, one of you is guys. Is it like Chapel Studios or something? Old That's Chapel. It. Old yeah. Chapel. Old yeah. Ch- and in, in that one, that actually Kaiser um where they used to play. But anyway, yeah, I think we did, we, we practiced there like twice, maybe twice and it was the first time we were there. We'd already had Long Road but we kind of only, we'd only just started to get it together. And I remember being in a room there and sort of playing it and it came together. And like I said, I think I, think I said before, but it was just one of those moments where like, yeah, that it, that feels really special. Not just, like I say, because the dance felt special, tunes like that, but when something like that comes out without even, you know, consciously trying, you know what I mean? Because it'd be one thing to try and write something that's going to be good on radio or whatever, but we never thought like that. Do you know what I mean? It was just a vibe that turned into a tune that everyone connected with. I mean, that song changed our lives, right? That's the moment that yeah. everything came together and people started noticing us and we had something decent that somebody was going to latch onto. And we probably didn't realise at all. We probably mm. did that and then went and played uh, football in our socks or something. And then, <laughs> <laughs> like, it will have been just another song to us. I don't think we ever felt like that was special. Was like, uh, there's another one. Yeah, I mean, certainly we're just like, wow, that's good. Do you know what I mean? Not maybe not, you're right in a sense, like, I don't think any of us sat there and thought this is going to connect with loads of people. It would just, yeah, this connects with us. It connects yeah. with Rob and look at Rob go and listen to, you know, listen to his voice, listen to where he's going with his voice and stuff. And, you know, that were always an exciting thing for me. And I, you know, I always remember doing that with Phil and Stu if we were jamming something out and Rob came out with a new melody that was really cool. You know what I mean? I just flashed both of them a look as if to say, do you hear that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> we're in business now. Do you know what I mean? It would always, I kind of always felt like that. Um, yeah, man, loved it. I loved that too. Like Phil says, it certainly changed. It changed our lives, didn't it? Yeah, definitely in the long run, without doubt. And you know, playing playing tunes like that in Japan and you know in Glasgow and places like that where where people really go off, fucking mega. Yeah, that's no question for me. That is one of the best songs in, of all songs. Like like that is. It's it's just there's nothing like there's no critique on that song. It's just such a great great song. It's it's timeless. It's never gonna sound old to me. It's, it just always sounds good. Remember in uh, Leon when we played it twice because yeah. they, de- they demanded an encore and they intimidated us into doing <laughs> oh, our first ever encore. God. <laughs> we ain't got any more songs. I'd forgotten about that. That's hilarious. <laughs> we played oh, Dragon's Song twice as well. Did we? I'm, sure we I'm sure we played a couple of songs twice. Well, like, I mean, like, I do remember that, that. As soon as Phil says it, I remember it now, yes. They were literally like, oh, they loved it. They want you to play more. And we're like, no, no, we don't do that. And I don't know, it was kind of the vibe where the next time he spoke, it would a bit like, oh, okay, so we're doing an encore, whether we like it or not <laughs> then, are we? Um, okay, um, yeah, so we just played Long Road again, didn't we? That's hilarious. Wow. Yeah, well, I remember before the gig, Graham was telling us a story about being there with the Happy Mondays and Bez whacking people in the face with a scaffolding pole because it was getting too Larry. <laughs> Oh, and then we get on stage and it was just got really intimidating and like you have to play it again yeah exactly song. <laughs> that's right that's, yeah definitely um, I think they I think um, they'd actually ended up having to barricade themselves in the dressing room do you know what I mean um, in that incident but yeah um, any preferences yeah. over the uh, versions I know there's the Fierce Panda version and then there's the the album version Any? I, I, I can't judge it me I just think the two, the two I just see them completely differently um to be honest 
I mean, I don't know how anyone else feels about it. Uh, I spoke about it quite a bit, to be fair. But there's, I mean, there's, there's, I don't know how many there are percentage-wise who sort of staunchly prefer the original. I see them very differently. Mm, I think the original video, though. Yeah, yeah, that original video is like captures so much about them early days, doesn't it? Yeah. Mood. yeah. Just like fucking breaking into shut down things and throwing rocks. Yeah. Think that was the first time that, that that song when we played it to people though. I think that was the first time when I really started to believe in what we did. I think like when when we played that gigs, I could I could see because that's when you know, right? Like when you play songs and so, like when you don't, it's really clear when people don't like a song at a gig because it's just flat. Yeah. But I remember that one, especially the first few times we played shows. When we played that, there's got to be like eight minute versions of that song kicking around, surely, where we just like, you guys are just going to a mad one and I just have a cowbell. I'd just be twatting a cowbell for ages. <laughs> I remember thinking, wow, we we have them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We could just keep bringing this up, dropping it down and kicking it back in again. And it felt super like powerful. Uh, I remember thinking, this is, this is fucking nice. I like this feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot a lot of those tunes never connected more for me than they did on them first three tours that we did, the North, the South, the Midlands. Like, those gigs in them little shitty rooms, do you know what I mean? Like, completely oversold, too many people in there. You know, they, they, would, they were just like... For me, anyway, that's always when it felt most potent, do you know what I mean, in terms of when it really connected with people. And I think there's still quite a lot of people who live, you know, with those memories as well and... Um, seeing us for the first time, uh, but I, I, it was like a fucking rave, wasn't it? It would, you know what I mean, like like a rave. But we were shit hot, man. Do you know what I mean? It's not like some bands who try and create a rave but aren't that good musically. We, you know, I don't know. They're, they're, like I said, them early gigs for me were just amazing. Like Holodelphia. Does anyone else remember like them yeah, early gigs? Like Hull- yeah. You know, where the stage is on fucking milk crates and shit like that and people are effectively sat in someone's front room. And <laughs> That was a weird gig, that one. <laughs> still going, it's Adelphi, it's still a good venue. Yeah. Oh, like, uh, for me, those early gigs, what I liked about them was people didn't realise they were going to a rave. Like, it was one or two songs in, they suddenly realised what the vibe were and then they were in the middle of it. Like, mm. it was catching people off guard early on. I love that. Like, the first time people hear us play, what's the best moments for me mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think that, that was something that, that w- w- worked i think that actually brought us together as a band sometimes as well in those you can't turn us you know uh kind of audiences especially the bigger gigs i remember like playing with oasis and stuff like that early on and i'm just thinking I, I don't know why or where we got our confidence from but i remember just thinking you're gonna fucking like this <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> um, and I think that really brought us together those early shows, like I say, especially supporting people. Oh, uh, yeah. Definitely reinforced the gang mentality. And it were also a case of getting in dressing room afterwards or even like on stage and just looking at each other and being like, fucking hell, man, they like this, don't they? You know what I mean? <laughs> Not just because, I mean, we said it a lot in the early days. We made music for ourselves. We were never sat there going, oh, these are great lads, you know, we're going to get out there and give this to people. We never realised that was going to happen. We were just going in pub and in church hall on a Friday and on Tuesday night or whatever and trying to make Rob dance and coming out going, yeah, that were a lot of fun. You know what I mean? It was more fun than hanging about on street corners or whatever. That's probably why it was so good, though, because, you know, you, you think of all the bands that are trying, you know, anything you do when you try so hard to make it work, it's, it's not natural. Yeah. 
Exactly, and that what all I were looking at, really, to be honest. All I were ever looking at were people who were just desperate to be in a band, do you know what I mean, rather than sort of had any sort of love or wanted to explore music. You know what I mean? It was almost like it was just a vehicle for attention, maybe. And and not so, you know, that's not always a bad thing. I'm probably some of the greatest frontmen ever have come out of just using music as a vehicle for attention. But certainly, it, you know, we were we were very different in that sense. Um, we were we were very real. It wasn't like all all substance and um, you know also all style and no substance. We were fucking no style and all <laughs> substance. That's hilarious. <laughs> well. We talked about how the album goes, and it's definitely uh, the the order is amazing, right? So you start with the dance, and it's explosive. It sets the tone, and then and then take the road, long road is just this epic song, and then it's but it's yep. everyone's super hype and dance, and then it just and then you take a breather, and it goes to human. Well, exactly, like like Phil said, do you know what I mean? People think they're coming to a rave, and a lot of the time we would open up with two bangers or three bangers, and then into this, and then at this point they're like, well, where have we gone now? Uh, what what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. I love this song so much for so many reasons, but just I love the the way it changes pace, you know, multiple times in the song and that, that bass, that bass line as well, man. Just like fucking one note, but just how it hangs there. Fucking love it. This is the only one we managed to do in one take, right? Me and Stu got this nailed together in one go. Oh wow! I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I, we might have. I mean, I think I might have done guitar in there with you as well. I think we we did a comp of every other song because I'm probably not the best drummer, but this one was definitely one that we just got all the way through. Yeah. Um, this is one of my favourites on the album, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. It's a very sophisticated song. Mm. I don't know. I think I this like is the song. Anything that... sophisticated in music. Ooh. I I think this is the kind of song that sets us apart from those other indie bands that were going on at the time, though. Because it, we, you could have just listened to the dance and take long road and gone, oh, that's what they do. But then you get to this and you go, hang on a sec. And this is a, showing a completely different side, especially to what Adam does on the guitar. Like, this is, this is cinematic, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And that's always what I would try to do, certainly in them early days, would create that sort of cinematic soundscape type thing. I think that's what we're all, what we're all doing here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like this one for me as well, I loved doing all the little guitar overdubs on this one because there's the main, but then obviously, as you can hear now, there's all sorts of just little subtle things firing off. Um, that I always loved that about making records. I get lost in listening to it. I do, yeah. yeah. And this bit, you know what I mean? I always imagine riding a mountain bike something like up to the top of the hill and this is when you get to the top. <laughs> you know, and you're just looking over like, oh yeah, this is amazing. And then the, and then it starts to go downhill in a minute, but it's it's just a it, it's just a I don't know, it's just a wall of emotion this as well. Like you say, it's very sophisticated, but it grows into just another wall of emotion. And I love the lyric where it says you used to show me how and now I know much more. Yeah. Like the, the lyrics on, on most of these tunes, to be fair, are basically just me talking to myself. <laughs> so, it, it, like, being the idea of human is basically about the kind of the vacillation of uh, roles we play, I guess, and uh, em emotions we go through as, pe as people. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes, like, um, sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad. <laughs> 
<laughs> just love it where it opens up here and the drums build and build and build. Yeah, it's actually a quite a simple thing that I've done on a couple of songs, 2i as well. I just write the most complicated drum beat I can come up with and then I go back eight bars and I take a few bits out of it Ooh. and then go back eight bars and take a few bits out of it until I've got a very basic thing at the beginning. That's all I did. did the same. I, I love that. 2i and walls, pretty much the same as well. And the bass right here? The bass five as well. That, that bass change makes the whole thing for me. Yeah, 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 outrageous. One of the most high points of the album for me. And again, it, it, it pulls on your emotions, pulls on your emotions, that bass line. It's like when you were saying um, two podcasts ago, Adam, where you were saying, with me and you battling a bit, you know, going into different directions. And that was me definitely wanting to go in a different direction there, just to see where it went. And then, oh, that worked. Yeah, right, that's we'll it. We'll, we'll keep that there, and then we'll play it a bit heavier, and we'll, we'll put a bit of distortion on it, and just kind of yeah, just build up that intense. That yeah, key. yeah. I also I think it's worth really... noting as well that the two of you on guitar never get in each other's way. Like you're always really far apart from each other and complement each other really well. Yeah. I never really talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I definitely should be able to get away with doing a funky wah rah on this song. <laughs> I don't know how that I've got away with that. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's got, certainly got a style, do you know what I mean? Like a really subtle style, and Rob's sound's always a lot drier than mine. So I think that's what always made it easier to sort of separate, really. And like you say, Phil, they sort of really complement each other. Um, but I mean, the outro as well. Outro's sick. I mean, the whole thing's sick. I actually think one of the strengths of the band is that we know when we each of us, I think, know, I mean, not always, but each of us know when to shut up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, that's that's going mad. So I can't go mad. Mm-hmm. I've got to do I've got to do simple. I've got to play this simple. Or I'm going to shut up singing here because that guitar is doing a melody there. That if I start singing, it's just going to get in the way. Do you know what I mean? I think we all had that restraint in us. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I actually think that's a skill that a lot of bands don't have. And some of the you, you don't you don't I don't think you can be taught. You just you just need to know it. But definitely, I mean, we knew each other so well musically, and although there was that element of competition, but healthy competition, like I said, between me and Stu as well, where where we wanted to take things, like you say, Rob, we still appreciated each other enough to, like you say, be like, all right, well, that's that bit of moment of magic there, so I'm going to sit under that. Do you know what I mean? And I don't. I think it's just like appreciating each other in it, and it's not like. It's not like this band was ever anything other than just us four. Do you know what I mean? Like, since the beginning. So, I don't know. Um, like, our dynamic and respect for each other and sort of knowledge of each other and how we play is just... Well, I suppose sophisticated is quite a good word to use for, for our age. And I think that's what caught people out when they listened to tunes like that um, is how young we were when we wrote that. Because that's a that's a 16er, isn't it? If not even... Yeah, that's a... You know, that's... A really early one. That's 16 years old. Is that tune? Um, I definitely felt like uh, I was channeling a lot of like my my love of you two in that song as well, especially mm. vocally, especially at the end. Yeah. That yeah. stuff over those kind of descending bass notes. That like that you know, with or without you type era. That, exactly. that was, I think that's. And I, I think that's why it touches as well. You know what I mean? I, th- I think um, that's a brilliant reference. Um, and again, that I would. That's a perfect. I was doing a an edge on it as well. Do you know what I mean? I was trying to do like a, the edge cross with um, Jez from the Doves. Do you know what I mean? Who's a great guitar player yeah. as well. Uh, but yeah, that's one of my favourite tunes to play live because it, it does so much. And it's so subtle at the beginning and, and it takes like a lot of concentration to play that guitar riff, especially with delays. And sometimes it, 
if you can't hear yourself, it can be an absolute nightmare, that tune. But it was always a, a judge of a gig for me was how well I could hear on human. And if I could hear like all everything and all what I were doing, it would just, you know, it was just, so it's so much more enjoyable um, to, to play a, a gig when you can hear everything properly, but that's obvious. <laughs> so uh, Richard Fitzthomas, a big fan of the music, has this question. He said, whose idea was it to add the extra cymbal bashing on the outro of Human? <laughs> and then he said, I always thought that this part would be ideal for someone to come on as a guest for like 30 seconds and just, you know, just beat the mess out of these cymbals. <laughs> Which bits do you mean? It's still... I was going to say, are you doing something there? You go open up on Crash or something? And um, I do open up on the last few bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's what it means. I mean, it's interesting, though. It's interesting how other people hear your music and assume that stuff is, you know, that'll just be Phil doing something else. Do you know what I mean? It's not any, it's, I don't know, I suppose it what, what defines as, as, you know, hitting of a symbol. Do you know what I mean? If you're playing drums, you're hitting symbols. I don't know, but. Um, I mean, oh, like that. somebody else has come on to play another symbol. Like, it's just testament <laughs> to my ability well, that what, he thinks there's two of us. That's what he obviously <laughs> thinks, isn't it? Unless we, is, do we, did we, is there a big tambourine that kicks off at end? There might be a big tambourine that comes think in. So. No. Stu were always tambourine, man, weren't they? Stu were always so solid on tambourine. You'd be like, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. I don't think that's boom. a tambourine song, I'm sure. I'm sure that's not a tambourine song. <laughs> Well, he actually said, under, he goes, yeah, this would be ideal for someone to come on as a guest for 30 seconds. And he says, this could be your niche, Pete, is what he said. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's always trying to get a gig there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's Pete using someone else's words. <laughs> I'll share the message. Honestly. You won't be the first one to come on stage and do it, though. No, no, you won't. And he'll be like, oh, you know that when I come to Temple News and that bit on Blade from Within, uh, you know, can I come on stage? Yeah. <laughs> That'll be next thing. <laughs> Nah, I'll, I'll be playing triangle. I can't do symbol. All right. Yeah, moving along. I can't even remember what's next. Are you serious? You don't know what's next? I'm guessing, is Shame. it true? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Is it true? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So disappointed. <laughs> now, this is, this is such a funky song. I mean, the swagger on this tune is pretty heavy. Oh, and again, that's what this is all about for me. Swagger and groove and getting Rob moving. I'm not even sure. We all follow each other so tightly on this. Probably the riff first, right? I, well, I don't know. I mean, you say that, but this to me sounds like something I'd have put over your drum beat. But I mean, it, I can't really remember on this one. I mean, like for Human and the Dance, I remember sat in my bedroom with my effects pedal going, oh, that sounds cool. I'll take that to the lads. But this one, I think this were everyone in the room at the same time and it just sort of came out of whatever we were doing. Yeah. But it, sort of riff-wise, again, it, it's kind of just a really simple, repetitive riff, but it's more about the vibe and the groove and the rhythm section, what that's doing, and Rob's fucking vocal going off like it is. I mean, there, man. <laughs> Another thing that we're tough to do, man. <laughs> <laughs> when I would soon as you do it, you think, fuck. <laughs> well, I think this is um, a lot of our songs uh, sort of take a different direction live, and I think this is one of the biggest examples of that where I think this is quite different on the record to how it is live. Now, I think a lot of that's just sonically in terms of how we recorded it. Um, but I don't know, it always sounds different to me on record. It sounds a lot I think faster it's, live. I think it sounds like guitar cam. What is it? Was it a Fender? Strat. It was, it was, I can't remember what it was, but it was, it was really fat strings on it and it gave that oh, really Fender six. lovely... Oh, yeah, Fender that six, baritone. Right. Yeah, that baritone. It gave it a really lovely tone, really, really wide. 
Yeah. I think also as well, like <laughs> I have a lot more gain live. You know, I, I and like Jim were like, just turn gain down a bit. I'm like, oh, or turn delay down a bit as well. I was like, no, man, come on, you can't do that. Uh, but I think I just need some delay on it. Or, yeah. This like you know, this was another one that just made it feel this like it this and it's like a rock song but also it's like a rave at the same time. I love it like when yeah. the chorus ticks in now. Yeah, I think I'm just building to this moment. The rest of it's yeah. just a starter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you, you what you're witnessing in this song is like that I know you say you don't do much sophistication in Stonesville, but this one is really sophisticated on your part, man. Like, the hits and the rhythm, the, the, the stuff you're paying attention to in this is crazy. Thanks. Uh, I guess I don't see a sophistication, but I'll, I'll take it, thanks. That's <laughs> the Fender 6 there as well. I did the solo on the Fender 6. Yeah. Um, because I, I always love this bit, man. Yep. Yeah, do you I remember this at Rocket when the power cut out? Oh, yeah. And crowd just kept singing it. Yeah, yeah. I just played the hi-hats and the crowd sang it. Oh, and nice. I just kicked the drums in the house. That was one of the most special nights, I thought. I remember oh, seeing all the lights come back on just before it just kicked back in and we were like, yeah, we all came back in and everything came back on. Yeah, it was almost like it, it, was almost like it would deliver it on it. Oh, cool. Love that oh, cool. That yeah, man, yeah. I think that's another thing that makes it feel different as well. I don't do that live. It's more yeah. raw live. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, yeah, there's a lot of sort of backing synth and stuff doing some work in this to set a vibe that mm. just stripped back to life. Yeah. This is a uh, this title I got from um, a book. That I was watching this thing on MTV. It was like an interview with Britney Spears, and they went, Have you, "Would you recommend anything at the moment?" She went, "Yeah, you should read this book called Conversations with God." So I was like, "That sounds interesting." So I went and bought that book, and I was reading it, and I saw the truth is no words. So I just remembered it, and then when we were jamming, that's when I just started going, "That, that, 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 that." That's where that came from. Thanks, Britney. Wow. I can't believe we have Britney Spears to thank for that. <laughs> I remember you having that book. It didn't have a blue front cover. I'm sure it did. Yeah. Like the clouds that. or some shit. Yeah. I remember, that. I remember that book being in your room, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think that were another, that was just another big tune for us, wasn't it? Um, and I, I'll, I really enjoy doing video for that one as well. We did that at Silver Lake Lounge, didn't we? In LA. Was that on that first trip or second one? Um, because we did some shooting out in the desert. We did. We were out in a car, um, do, did some shooting out in the desert, and then we actually yeah. played a gig, and we filmed the gig, and we sort of made the video for that tune out of that gig. Um, yeah. And all his girlfriends were there, and that was a special <laughs> night. Well, all all trip was special to be fair. But did we go to Joshua Tree that day as well? Yeah, it, it was that trip. I don't know if it was that. It could have been that day. You might be right. Um, but yeah, it would. Absolutely amazing trip there. I think we got there too late, didn't we? We got to Joshua Tree, but we got there like... You're pitch black, wasn't it? <laughs> pitch black, yeah. But to be fair, I remember going, I went out in the pool just at night. We're in an outdoor pool and it was just, you know, stars and that and just floating around in the pool. Um, yeah, it was a good night now. 
I just remember with the truth video because we had that old, I think it was an old Plymouth something, one that we were driving around in, and I was driving it through the desert. Ah. That's right. And it and it was such an absolute heap. Um, I couldn't drive it; it was awful. And then we had to do some filming in the city. So I said to the guy that owned it, "You're going to have to drive this." So he's my double in that. So he's got my he's got my hat on, and I think I my t-shirt. Wow! I can't, I can't if you look, that. if you look, you'll see it's a, it's a lot broader than me. So you'll notice in the video. <laughs> I didn't know that. One. Oh, that's yeah, I was hilarious. back somewhere. It was, it was, it was the right thing to drive. I couldn't drive. It was an automatic, and I stalled it. It was really bizarre. <laughs> it was an old, old Plymouth of some description. But it was, yeah, I'd, I'd, you know, me being a car fan and stuff, refusing to drive a car. It was yeah. Bad. <laughs> yeah, but then that that trip were that trip were amazing. That um, a lot of fun, man. Yeah, well, you know, we were just kids. We said it on the podcast, and you know, we talked a lot with um, Organize, obviously, about that trip, the LA trip, and that, and all the mad stuff that happened on that. All them having limos and that. It was, oh yeah, I don't know. It was a trip, man. Proper. That was hilarious, and now I can't wait to watch that video again and, and watch and see your stunt double. I can't believe you protested. That's so funny to me. <laughs> the car guy. I refuse to drive. That's funny. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a fun, fun thing to drive. But I had driven that because that trip as well. We had um, they all had the girlfriends out, and I was Billy no mates on my own. So um, managed to get a Mustang out of the uh, out of the record company and drove up and down oh, nice. Santa Monica, which was really cool. So I think it was a contrast between driving that and then driving oh, yeah. a nineteen sixties boat on land. It was yeah, no, no power, no power steering on that Plymouth thing. Or like. <laughs> no, no, it was it was it was completely the opposite. It was it was too much power steering. All right, oh, what, all right, yeah. oh god, and because the suspension was so soft, you'd like correct it, but then you'd overcorrect, yeah, and then you'd yeah. overcorrect again, and then you just end up spearing off into the you know into the desert somewhere. <laughs> like so you're on the ball, yeah. I, I love it. All right, so the next one is float, uh, and we've definitely had some conversations <laughs> about this before. Man, this is the one where you said uh, had this some is YouTube influence. Yeah, this was well, a Frankenstein song because literally we were. It, this was a different song in the studio, and it were a case of oh, I think we pretty, we pretty much turned around and said it sounds too much like a YouTube tune. So we just, I don't know whether we did change the drums or we just got. I think we just got the drums up and the bass. Did we redo the bass. Bass lines. I think the bass lines the same. Yeah, and I think me and Rob just did a new thing over top of it. Basically, it's almost like we took the same rhythm section and just had a jam over top of it, and this came out. Yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of thought in got into this verse, I've got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> this were this were proper on spot this. I mean in a similar way that Karma was, you know, Karma's another great I know it's not on the record specifically, but you know, it's that's another great example of something that literally none of it existed. Um and then we sort of knocked it up in that creative studio environment and like I said, this was this was saving this was solving a problem but um, I don't know, it's interesting. I don't know how we all sort of feel about this song when we think about the record, but it's always lived in my mind as a bit of a B-side that made it onto the record, if you know what I mean. I don't know. This song uh, builds like crazy. Like the end, gets it gets so great towards oh, the end. Well, to be fair, yeah, it goes well nine inch nails at the end, doesn't it? It gets well <laughs> yeah, in it's mad. Who does the background vocals on this? The wanna be free, wanna be free? Well, I think we all, and then we, we all do the use, don't we? We do the use. Yeah, we all yeah. do the use. Literally, even Jim. That's the when Jim comes on. Remember about that? Remind him about that. Didn't we have our bellies out or something? I was just remembering that. that. Yeah, we did. Belly slap. That, is that right? That's not a random <laughs> dream. There's belly slap claps on this. Belly <laughs> slap. That's it. That's the one. Yeah, you gotta be kidding. <laughs> right, so uh, if I can hear him. 
It'll be on unless it comes unless it's something that comes in when it builds. Oh yeah, this yeah. guy's crazy. This. Yeah, we all got our tops off and stood around in a circle and slapped us bellies in time. Among the among loads of mad stuff that we did. That's the, that. that's the percussion effects in halfway through the yeah. song. Yeah. You hear this. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's an image for you whenever you listen to it. I'll, I'll yep. never listen to the song <laughs> the same again. <laughs> Actually, I might break out my my uh, stomach and do it next time I hear it. <laughs> I think you can hear claps there. You can certainly hear claps whether they're belly slaps. But you can hear, hear claps. Mm. And then it just, for me, it just like, what does it even do? I like, love the sound of your guitar there. Yeah, mum. Yeah, just with it ringing out, it looks great sound. I, I prefer this second half to the first half, I've got to be honest. Yeah, me too. Like but- this bit, I, I like this bit. I enjoy the first part because the second part is so great, and it just made it, the contrast is interesting. Yeah, I actually quite like this song, but it does stand out as weird because it's the only one that wasn't written before we went in. Yeah, yeah. but it's I think it's true for what we could always do on the spot. You know what I mean? We could yeah. always come up. Uh, well, I suppose not always, but most of the time, come up with some really interesting stuff. And Rob, what is that vocal about there? You know. <laughs> Can you do it again? Let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but then, like, I think they've just, uh, in mastering, I think they've turned this up as well at the end, don't they? It gets seriously yeah. loud. Like. Yeah. I remember you recording the white noise as well at the oh. end. Oh, yeah. And I start to do some really jagged, angular stuff on guitar as well. I remember these overdubs. Yeah, some point like there's not enough kick during this. <laughs> yeah, I agree. yeah, they're really quite industrial sounding drums. Aren't yeah, they? Sound, I love the sound of the drums. Yeah, same, sound really same. good. Goes well, nine's nails. Love that part with the lyric where it goes. It kind of yeah. skips a little bit. We're going about this bit. I mean, a lot of what Rob did is uh, sort of not want to speak for you, but so much of it's about rhythm as well, isn't it, Rob? Not just like melody, it's how when you're hitting those notes and how you're hitting those notes. Yeah, I mean, sometimes there's a lot, there's not a lot of notes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like me, man, you know what I mean? One riff, start way through song. Like going back to talking about Journey as well, like it's the way that this goes in to turn out the light that makes it as well. Yeah, good point, Bill. Yeah, but I must say, the first time I heard this on my CD, I was like, oh, man, what happened to the CD? Because <laughs> it just hard stop. <laughs> There's all sorts of stuff happening there now. All this, a cacophony. Now it's gone like radio, and then it's quite okay computery at this point. And then it's gone. And then it's gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we used to, we used to play that song live, which I didn't believe. Do you know what I mean? So I, so I found a, a YouTube video saying um, uh, "Flow," and I was like, "No, I don't believe that." And then put it on, and I was like, "Oh my god, it sounds ace!" I was, I was playing like I was playing a Black Les Paul, which I, I completely I forgot I ever even owned. And it actually, it actually sounds really good, and like that bit um, actually sounds really good. Do you know what I mean? So and then you hard stopped it as well, like you just stopped it at the same way, or. I remember <laughs> 20 years ago, man. Yeah. Well, um, I think... Go on. Is it Wolf Temple Newsom? Oh. 
Controversial. I'll, I'll tell you what, mate. I fucking play out, mate. There's, uh, there's nothing I won't play, literally. I, I can't say the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple of vetoes. Oh, no. I'm scared. Yeah, I mean, like, the only thing I'd be vetoing is something that I'd be like, oh, is that really going to work? I don't know. Like, I mean, the stuff like Ghost stands in there, which I think people really love to hear. But uh, when I listen back to that and you listen to it first and sort of vibe in that, but... I mean, thinking back, we worked that up live, didn't we? We had, we had like a live version of Ghost Dance, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I, I know the verses and everything developed a lot when we worked with Rick, but I'm sure we had the, like a, a, a basis of a tune. But anyway, my point being, I, I just go on, go on, Rob. I think it started with, you sent through some, some, something through, Phil. Ghost dance. It started with like a weird, like... Uh, yeah, it's definitely like the synth of the drum something. beat that sent. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like I think what a lot a lot of people don't understand about the process, especially the recording one, is that you know something like uh, float. You know, sit, let's say you've just had your your dinner and it's six o'clock and it's like right, we're, we're going to do some vocals at seven. I know that I've got all night to record and go as hard as I can, knowing that I've got I can just go to bed after it, and I've just got to do one song probably four or five times as hard as I can, and then that's it. And then you have to try and do that live. It's basically impossible sometimes mm. because I can just be like, in the, in if they go, right, this is the last take, go as hard as you can. I can literally just blow my voice out right. knowing that I've got all day to recover to, to, to have to sing again. Whereas you can't do that on every song when you play live. So there's this constant battle of like, shit, I should have done that. Mm. <laughs> but it's about... It's about a moment though, right? It's like trying to create... In the, in, 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 in the studio, you're committed to trying to do something that's bigger than you than yourself. Yeah, but then well. you then you're like, oh Jesus Christ, how am I gonna do that live? So that's always been the battle for, for me. And I know I know you uh, can empathize with that as well, Phil. Yeah, that's where the magic happens. Like when you push yourself just to breaking point and occasionally you can go beyond it and do something beyond your kind of average ability. Yeah. That's when you're starting to break a little bit and your voice is going, or oh, I'm sort of struggling and coming up with something different. That's like magic. That's where I'm at my best. I can't do that every night. I'm yeah. I, do yeah. I mean, certainly from what you're saying, Rob, about your the, the specific bits on albums where you really hit notes that are just, you know, absolutely unbelievable. You know, like Phil says, their moments of magic, that's what really connects with people. Um, and I don't know, it's, it's almost otherworldly, some of notes you hit, and do you know what I mean? The power you hit them with. And it's those moments of drama that, like you say, they're worth committing to, to getting them, aren't they? Um mm. When you say you've got to prepare your voice to sing for an hour and 20 minutes, pretty hard uh, versus, like you say, a, a safe environment where you're like, well, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm literally singing for five seconds. I've just got to wait that that fucking note, do you know what I mean? That yeah. big note or whatever. And there's some, you know, I mean, obviously we'll talk about it when we do second record, but there's some huge notes on second record as well. That, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, you sort, of, you, you sort of forget they're there and people just assume that you can pull that out of the bag, um, you know, just like, you know, it's, whenever it's, you want <laughs> It's environment and, and honestly mood and energy. So energy dependent is is a vocal because it's not like, uh, you know, it, sometimes you'd have to like, you know, get out of breath. You have to w physically warm your body up to be able to hit a, a note or play a, a beat or whatever. Uh, and it's, I, I, I remember the, the room in Jacobs when we did the record, that, that big live room. I remember, yeah. you know, being able to really set the mood, candles, like turn everything real down. And 
be able to just spend hours pacing up and down that room and almost getting into a bit of a manic state to then deliver a vocal. Um, like that, that, that you can't, do, you'd have that pleasure in life. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of like acting, I guess. You got to really get into character and you got to psych yeah. yourself up to get into those. You can't just like off the cuff start screaming at the top of your no. lungs. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you can't, you know, make a gaff of beard and then go sing. So we tried a lot of times. But like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right. Okay. So on the note of gaff of beards, um, we're going to leave it there this week because it is obviously going to be quite a long episode um, with it being the album review. But Really enjoyed it so far, and you know, I'm even learning stuff that I didn't know about certain things. So, yeah, thank you to everyone for listening, and I hope you tune in for next week's. Thank you.